0: finally here welcome to do it with dan entrepreneurial philanthropist public speaker and author creator of the beyond intention paradigm here is your host daniel Mengena. um so i can speak about this from an
1: economics perspective without giving financial advice specifically but A recession is defined as two quarters, two consecutive quarters of negative growth. The crazy thing is that that means that you're not going to know until after the fact if you're in a recession. Um, Negative growth of 0.0001% is still a recession if it happens two times in a row. So the first thing I want you to do is to stop panicking about the idea of being in recession and really get clear on what are my goals, what are my strengths, what are my resources and how can I stay flexible in, in a moving And a a moving economy Um, things are always going to change they're always going to be in flux there's always going to be dangers there's always going to be risk there's always going to be opportunities when an economy is booming there are going to be some industries and professions which don't have any use debt collectors probably aren't that useful when everybody's making a lot of money and yet when things are going quote unquote down there are going to be industries that also aren't needed many fortunes were actually built during the time of recession So don't get lost in that, but really just stay flexible with what the opportunities are, and how you can start to be ready to take advantage of those opportunities. It might mean making sure you've got access to liquidity because there's gonna be some bargains. It might mean that you're looking at, historically, what kinds of industries and businesses have performed well in more challenging financial times. That's what I would offer. Also remember to look globally. If there's a recession in one part of the world, it doesn't mean there's going to be recession everywhere. Can you start diversifying and moving to other parts of the world? But get professional advice, get local intelligence, get local support, and uh, remember that your mindset and your
0: emotional state are going to be as important, if not more, than what you're looking at in terms of the action you're going to take. Get-rich-quick schemes aren't necessarily all negative. A get-rich-quick
1: scheme may actually get you rich quickly. But if you are chasing get-rich-quick schemes, ask yourself, where's that coming from? Am I fearful that I won't get there unless I get there uh, quickly? Or am I running away from my current, my current state? If I'm running away from my current situation, if I'm resisting it, then my emotion, my energy field is going to be re- repellent, is going to be resistant. So it's gonna be very difficult to call something in. Also, if I'm chasing after get-rich-quick schemes, I may not give myself the time and space to be able to step into it emotionally, to have the mindset prepared, or even to do the proper due diligence and checks as to whether something's going to be the right opportunity for me. So instead of looking at whether something's a get-rich-quick scheme or not, look at, is this a scheme that's aligned with me? Am I mentally and emotionally ready to take advantage of it? And have I done the proper due diligence and checks to make sure that this is a viable opportunity that I can, as an
0: individual, take advantage of? Um, Any debt that you can't service or that
1: is consumer debt and not actually adding value to you is too much. This could be 100 or 200 pounds or euros or dollars. Um, I know people that have got millions in debt and yet they make millions and millions and millions more in income from that debt because the debt is working for them. Think about it, someone who's got a a property portfolio of 20 million pounds that's making them a million or two every year, is it too much debt that they've got 15 million in mortgages? No, because those mortgages are supporting them making more money. So it's really about whether that money is working for you, whether it's good debt, and whether you can service
0: it. That's what I would say is too much. Um, I personally follow uh,
1: something I call Empowered Money Management. I take a percentage for long-term saving, which is my financial freedom account, so that's thinking about the future, kids, university, all the things. I've got midterm savings, so saving up for something that I want to get in the short term, putting some money aside for that. Uh, I put money aside for my personal development, I put money aside also for um, what I call my play jar, fun things. I match my financial freedom, my longer-term saving, with my play jar. So I keep them the same. It's a principle I learned from T. Harvecker about 10 years ago, and it's one that served me very well. So however much
0: I'm putting aside for the future that I'm not going to touch, I match it with what I get to have fun with today. I don't actually... Um, think that this
1: is a cookie-cutter approachable question. First and foremost, you need to get advice from a competent professional, a licensed professional, which I'm not. I'm just giving this, uh, you know, some ideas from an educational perspective. You definitely need to go and speak to a professional. But what it's going to come down to is, like, what lifestyle do you want to live? And then what resources do you need to do that? And then, you know, where do I need to be financially today in terms of the choices I'm making in order to make that happen? Some people want to retire when they're 50, some when they're 30, some when they're 70. Some need 100 grand a year to live, some need 20, some need 30. These are all different situations, so get clear on your situation and get some support from a professional in mapping out that journey and then um,
0: taking some action today. Um, If you're taking uh, lack-based
1: actions from a place of fear, is in you're, you're doing things because if I don't do this, I'm not going to have for the future, then you're probably creating an energy of fear, and you probably have a mindset of fear. And the thing is, is that in terms of our actions, habits, and behaviors, as much as 97% of that comes from that space of where my emotions and my mindset are. And everything that I experience follows on from that. So if I'm planting seeds in fear, lack, and scarcity, I'm not going to be able to reap fruits of abundance. The two are dis- they are not connected. There's a disconnect there. So instead of scrimping and saving, ask yourself, can I have a conscious relationship with where I'm at and what I'm spending at the same time, create more income, because if I'm relying on just cutting back to move forward, whilst that can be very prudent and it can work in some instances, emotionally, if you're just literally eating rice, rice, beans and crackers every day, you're probably gonna be miserable, and even if you do get to a, a financial place later that you wanna get to, what has it cost you in terms of life force? What has it cost you in terms of joy? So create more, but look at your money management as empowered money
0: management, as in making choices from a place of abundance, not from a place of fear, scarcity and lack. Um, I would say if you're going to be moving in with your partner and you want to divide up your finances,
1: get really clear on what you want to build together. And also get clear on what you want as individuals communicate all of that and then set goals together so that you can at least support each other's goals that are individual and that you can work together in harmony as a team but get really clear on where you want to go get really clear on what you want to discuss and share with each other if you don't actually want to talk about any finances together then ask yourself what does that mean about our relationship and the level of trust and communication that we've got But ultimately, it's going to come down to being on the same page, even if it is that, hey, I don't want to talk about my my finances with you. I don't want to talk about mine with you either. You're on the same page at least. You've got shared values. um, But certainly understand there are going to be some things that you do need to do together. Uh, Get clear on the values that you hold around how you divide things up. So for example, I know people that go 50-50. I know people where, hey, this is your responsibility and this is mine. But get clear on that, maybe even document it so you can both be on the same page. And support each other's individual goals as well according
0: to your shared values reducing your debt really is about understanding
1: what the debt is what that it's doing and what's it going to if you're talking about consumer debt as in money that you've spent on just buying things that aren't actually earning you any income then certainly look at taking a percentage of your existing income and paying it down and then looking at increasing that income whether you get a side hustle get some investments on the side. Um, You can also leverage debt in a good way to pay down other debt. Um, You can create almost like a self-liquidating scenario. Let's say, for example, that you borrow some money to go and get some real estate or get some property. You can take the rental income of that new thing that you bought, which wasn't there before, and use all of that to pay down your debt. So look at some interesting ways to do that, but certainly understand that if it's consumer debt, get it paid down as soon as possible. If that debt that you've got is actually making you money, then
0: carry the debt and just make sure that you're deploying that money so that it's making you more than you're paying in interest. If you want to start making money within the next five days, certainly go ahead and check out my my
1: Money Game book. You can get that at dreamwithdan.com forward slash money game. That will give you my magical formula. It is quite literally magical for manifesting money and that will get you started. But if you want to make money over the next five days, then what I would say is, get clear day one on what you want to create in terms of money. Um, Day two, or the second action, whichever time frame that happens in, get clear on the emotional state that you need to be in to have more money. Look at whether you've got any limiting emotions around money. Do you have guilt around money? Do you have negativity around money? You can also take our quiz um, and find out what your number one wealth blocker is that will really be supportive. But ultimately, it's going to come down to you doing something different in your actions, habits, and behaviors. That's going to lead to more money. Uh, go out and find a problem that somebody's got that you can solve and be paid for. Go out and find a solution that you have that exists, that, that, that you have, and see if there's any problems that exist that, that, can, that can be matched with that so you can make more money. But ultimately, if you're going to take the action but you haven't got clear on the goal, the emotions and the mindset first, the action's gonna probably end up coming a a cropper and not really going anywhere, but it is going to lead to you doing something different, going out there into the world, understanding that all money comes from and through other people, so you're going to be setting up a basis, a platform of exchange for you getting money from people, for you delivering some value to them,
0: but get that goal, that emotional state and that mindset tied up first. I would say that it really comes down to the goal being something that you're excited about.
1: Um, Maybe have a reward for yourself when you hit certain milestones. Or maybe have the debt pay down a part of a bigger, grander plan. Uh, I would say, understand your ideal life blueprint. Come along to an ideal life blueprint workshop. Get really clear and in love with the life that you want to live. And then have this action be a part of moving towards that and you will enjoy the process. At the end of the day, when you're doing something for something that you're excited about, It's not even going to feel like
0: work anyway, it's going to be a fun adventure getting to the goal that you want to achieve. Ultimately, all money comes from and through other people. If you want to get more money,
1: you need to have more instances of you exchanging value for money with other people. So that means looking at what uh, solutions that your current skills, knowledge, relationships and network. Can actually solve, or looking what problems exist in the world that you can actually go out and meet with a solution. You can either solve fewer problems for more money, or lots of problems for less amounts of money, but that exchange is ultimately what's going to lead to you having more money. If you're not exchanging money or value with people, you're not going to have money, unless you're stealing it, which is just stupid, don't do it. Uh, but certainly, you're going out, finding points of value exchange, creating an opportunity for that. Even if you're bringing together other people, you may not necessarily have the solution yourself. You may know someone
0: that has the solution, but that's what's going to get you there. Um, There are many different
1: credit systems in the world. Um, The credit system in Canada is different to the one in the UK, which is different to the one in France, which is different to the one in the US. But ultimately, credit score, for the most part, is based on a few key things. Uh, One is your payment history. Are you paying on time? Uh, One is whether you've got any bad things that you've done, like, you know, run out on a debt and not paid it. Another thing is I know that some credit agencies also look at how much of your available credit are you actually using. So I would say, understand what the local rules are in your local uh, local area, Um, find out who the credit agencies are, and simply go on their website and look at what are the basis that what is the basis on which they dictate what your credit score is and then take action to make sure that you're honoring that uh, in your own behavior because ultimately credit score is a way for the agencies to track your credit worthiness so that people like institutions um, banks credit providers that they can actually see hey has bob or sally been reliable in the past can we trust them with more resources now so you're ultimately demonstrating that you're trustworthy if you've had some dinks in the past, after a period of time, they'll give you some grace. And I know in many places, after five or six years, older history drops off too. But definitely, definitely, definitely find out what the local guidelines are with the credit agencies that govern how money is lent in your jurisdiction,
0: and then just follow their guidelines, and you'll be, you'll be fine. Um, here's a crazy thing. You're not going to be able to tell the future. So if you're trying to get control of what may or may not happen
1: in the future, you're going to get lost because that's probably not going to happen. Uh, So just get okay with the uncertainty and do what you can. I would say shoot for a number that feels comfortable for you in terms of a wealth figure. Um, I would say start today with building wealth and really stay flexible with emerging, uh, emerging technology with different things happening on the global, global uh, landscape, but understand you're not gonna be able to work out exactly what's gonna happen in 20 years. We're very different today from where my parents probably were thinking. Um, I know for my son, I'm probably completely oblivious as to what things are gonna be in 20 years time when he's an adult too, um, but I can certainly stay flexible and stay financially free and stay abundant so that I
0: have the resources and the freedom and choice to actually execute on what's available in the future. Um, I would say you need to understand what your budget needs to be.
1: Uh, a way to do that is to come and do an ideal life blueprint workshop that will take you through what your ideal life looks like. You can then work out what it will cost to live that life, and then you've got a number that you can actually play with. As you've got that number, you can start to look at what opportunities do I need to take advantage of to make this number work? You know, what value do I need to exchange in the world in order to make those numbers work? What resources and support do I need in order
0: to make those numbers work? But it starts with understanding what your number actually is. Understanding what an emergency fund is going to be really comes down
1: to you understanding what an emergency might be for you. Another thing is, is that I don't like to think of it personally as an emergency fund, and again, and again. I don't personally like to look at it as an, it as an emergency fund. Um, one thing is, I wanna be clear, is I'm not a financial professional. You wanna get some financial advice from an accredited professional, so this is just for education purposes. But for me personally, I look at growing versus saving. And I know it sounds very similar but there is a difference there. I'm looking at um, putting money aside to invest for me to continue to have choice and freedom going forward versus putting money aside for a rainy day. The mindset of the two is very different, the emotional state of the two is very different so the resulting behaviour is going to be very different. So I don't save for a rainy day but I do put money aside and consistently invest it so that it has the most growth. I'm doing that because I want to continue to have freedom and abundance. So. Focus perhaps on how can I maintain a space of being free and abundant versus how can I save for an emergency because if I'm abundant,
0: if I'm free, then I'm better resourced to deal with emergencies as they arise. Uh, I can't give financial advice but educational purposes and from my
1: own experience, I would get a financial planner especially if you are not personally competent when it comes to to finances. A really great line I heard in the book, I read in the book, The Millionaire Next Door, is that there was one guy that they interviewed, that the authors interviewed, and he said his way of choosing a financial planner was asking the financial planner to send him their financial statement and their balance sheet. He wanted to see that he was getting competent advice, and the way that he uh, qualified competent advice is that the person giving it can actually demonstrate from their own experience that they know what they're doing. So get somebody that knows what they're doing and can prove to you that they know what they're doing. Someone who's open to emerging technology and economies. Someone who's open to change, who's flexible, and matches your risk profile, matches your flow, matches your mindset, matches your values,
0: and you should be just fine. Uh, I would say if anything controls your happiness, it's probably
1: not happiness, because it shouldn't be conditional. Uh, money is a great tool that gives you the freedom to have more choice, the freedom to fully express yourself, but if you're, depe- if you're having your, depend- your, your, your happiness dependent on that, you're falling into a trap. Cultivate an internal environment of happiness that's not dependent on other things, but recognise that your environment being
0: more conducive to doing that is going to be supportive, and that's where money comes in. I think money is just a tool. Uh, The more of it that you have, the more choice that you have. But how you generate
1: it is going to really be tied to that. If it's costing you 50 hours a day, uh, a relationship with your body, a relationship with your own mental health, a relationship with your family and loved ones, it's probably not worth it. So create money, right? Connect with money as a tool in a way that allows you to have a balanced whole life of joy, of peace, of connection, of love. Um, But understand, it's just a tool, that you can use
0: to go out and have more freedom of choice. Um, I would say it's important to
1: understand what your trigger points are and how you can deal with those trigger points. I have a free resource on my website that's called the Clearing Toolkit Encyclopedia. And we've also got a really great live masterclass program uh, called Clearing Blocks to Abundance, where we've got people live from that encyclopedia and more teaching you how to deal with different emotional states and how to get into an aligned uh, into alignment with abundance if you're finding that you're down in the pits uh, down in the dump sorry or that you're getting triggered or that you're you're upset that you're you're negative it's about understanding what works for you as an individual to move beyond that playing with those getting clear on what those are and then using them when the time comes a really quick tip that i'm going to give you is just changing your emotional state through your breathing so if you find yourself getting really stuck or really triggered Slow things down by taking a few deep breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth. You can breathe in for a count of three or four, hold for the count of three or four, breathe out for the count of three or four, and leave your lungs empty for the count of three or four. So that looks like, that automatically changes your nervous system and gets it more settled and able to react differently. But for the longer term, you want to understand what your trigger points are, what tools work for you, and there are some cool resources that I'll pop a link uh, here for you to, to use that will help you identify what those are for you.